Welcome back, guys. My name is Shadows, and this is my podcast. I think I'm going to find a name for my podcast. I'm still debating, kicking around a couple different things, but um, I'll let you guys know. We're going to continue on in the Book of Shadows. I believe that the last place we left off, we were talking about casting circles. If you'd like to know how to cast a circle and what is entailed, go back to the last podcast. It gives all the information. And once again, this is the Book of Shadows by Miss Brittany Nightshade. We have to give her a shout out because she took all the time and energy to put this together for me to be able to um, read to you guys and share the information. So without further ado... The next chapter we're getting into is white magic. I know there's just a lot of arguing back and forth about the uh, intentions and colors of magic. But for the sake of the book, we're just going to continue to move forward. White magic. Magic doesn't necessarily have to have an official color system. But people usually will describe it as white or light if the spell doesn't harm or influence the will of another. White magic is the safest of all spell types and is a good place to start if you're a beginner as there are no potential negative consequences to misdirect your intention. Healing and protection rituals are some of the oldest spells that were ever crafted. Healers were integral parts of pagan villages and their studies in medicine and herbalism is what went on to become modern apothecary. I screwed that word up, so what? Today we call this particular type of magic white or light magic to distinguish it from darker magics, and it should be an important part of any witch's arsenal and will prepare you for anything you might encounter on your path. This next part seems to be a very popular part for people nowadays if you're on the book, if you're on TikTok, if you're on any sort of other social media, you will hear people talking about moon rituals and moon water moon water is used in spells potions cleansing and charging sigils pretty much any witchcraft practice where you would use water and need the power and protection of the moon the water can also be placed on your altar and used as a representation of the element of water in the moon the only essential part of a ritual to make moon water is the light from the moon you can simply place your jar in a windowsill or do a complex ritual invoking a deity. You will need, are you listening guys? One clear glass jar or bottle with a lid, water, a place to safely place your jar outside or actually in your windowsill, just make sure that there's full moonlight available. Fill your container with water and place it once outside Place it outside once the moon has risen in the sky. You may say a prayer to any gods or goddesses of your choosing. And if you so wish, this is especially helpful if you plan on using your water in a ritual involving the said deities. Common lunar goddesses you might want to call are Selene, Hectate, Diana, Luna, and Phoebe. We have an example of a moon water ritual blessing calling upon Hectate. I call upon the grace of Hectate and ask of you to grant your blessing and power to me on this night of most importance. 
Fill me and my lunar water with your divine grace so that I may fulfill my purposes and bring blinding clarity into the darkness as you have always done. And that was just an example of one of the moon water rituals. Another important part are the phases of the moon. This is something else that is argued in the witchcraft community. Some people believe that it can only be done under certain conditions. Some people believe it can be done anytime and it's just your intention behind it. Once again, we're focusing on the book. So the moon phases. Moon water can be charged under any phase of the moon. Different phases can be used for different types of moon water, although it's not necessary. Under a full moon, it's for healing, charging, banishing, love magic, cleansing, and protection. Under the waning gibbous, it's cleansing, relinquishing, undoing curses and bindings. The last quarter of the moon is for breaking curses and bad habits, banishing and relinquishing. The waning crescent is for success, curing illnesses, attaining wisdom, balance and atonement. Under the dark moon, it's for soul searching, banishing, divination, deconstruction and binding. And under the waxing crescent, it's for wealth, luck, constructive magic, friendship, attraction, success. Under the first quarter, it's for motivation, divination, calming, strength, and growth. Under the waxing gibbous, success, good health, attraction, and motivation. And then under the new moon, it's for new relationships, love, new beginnings and change i hope you guys got all that if not i'm pretty sure you can rewind this back and um jot a couple things down another important element of magic is seawater sea or ocean water can be used by a witch for a myriad of things it's great for cleansing can be used in a spray bottle or as a bath for any and all magic and mundane objects you can also set a jar or bottle of it on your altar to represent both water and earth elements. It's not always easy to collect your own seawater, but fortunately you can make some yourself that's just as effective. You can work with any god or goddess with domination over the sea. In this ritual, be working with Amaphrodite, the wife of Poseidon, but you can also work with Hectate, who also honored and worshiped as a sea goddess. What you will need, two cups of hot water, a seashell, four pinches of sea salt, a container for mixing. You mix up your sea salt and water until all the salt has dissolved. Hold your seashell in your hand and loudly say the following. Amphrotite, queen of the sea, I ask that you lend your power to this vessel. Mighty goddess of the deep, I welcome you and give you thanks. Drop your shell into the water and the spell is complete. Remember to give thanks to your god or goddess whenever you're using your seawater. Let's move on to um, one of the other more common practices that you guys will see on the internet right now. It's um, smudging or sage cleaning. You see people are just saging everything. You can, st you can clean anything with a smoke from sage. This is either done with a sage stick, 
smudge stick or by burning sage in an incense burner. Sage has powerful cleansing properties and you can be used to clean your home, altar space, jewelry, crystals, candles, and other ritual tool or object. Sage can also be used to cleanse yourself. Other common incense used for cleansing are myrrh and dragon's blood, but sage is generally the best. To clean your home and set your intention to cleanse and light your sage and allow it to burn out and smolder. Carry the sage throughout the house and allow the smoke to flow into rooms. Pay special attention to mirrors, hallways, and other high traffic areas. As you do this, you can say prayer to the goddess or an incantation to better focus your intention. To cleanse an object, do the same thing. Set your intention and light your sage and run the object through the smoke. If the object is large, take the stage and move it around the object, letting the smoke envelop it. To cleanse yourself, light your sage and allow it to burn out. Take the smoke with your hands and direct it around your body. Wash your hands, face, body, legs, etc. with the smoke. Do this with the intent of cleansing and purification. Side note, when you are saging your house to get rid of anything that is evil or negative, open your windows, open a door. If not, you're just running whatever it is from one end of your house to the next. Let it out. Open a door. The Invocation of Hecate, Goddess of Witchcraft. Hecate is a Greek goddess of witchcraft and magic. She holds the keys to the underworld and can protect against the spirits of, of the neither, just as she can send them to attack. She's known as a liminal goddess, meaning she freely crosses between the realms of earth, heaven, hell, and can walk the veil that separates the three. She is as strict as she is kind, so do not cross her. She can bring along death as she can life. Hecate is known as the triple moon goddess and holds dominion over the earth, heavens, and the sea and wields immeasurable power as the daughter of titans and mother of gods. If you acquire her favor, she will shield you against harm and bring along creativity, wisdom, and guidance. She is darkness. She is everything. But do not fear her. Hecate is the crone and the mother of all witches. As you develop a relationship with her, you will find the knowledge and wisdom needed to bring forth light resides in the mysteries and the blessings of the dark duality. It helps if you are in a meditative state when calling on a deity, but you do not have to be. It would help if you have one of the deity's symbols, for instance, some of Hecate's symbols are the moon, keys, black, silver, darkness, crossroads, the number three, and dogs. It said the sound of the sound of hounds sometimes heralds her arrival. Hecate is the easiest to call on at night. Since she represents each phase of the moon, it doesn't have to be a certain time of the month. Make sure to hold the symbol and focus on it. If it is something that you cannot hold, like the moon or darkness, then just focus on whatever it may be. Clear your mind and let the image fill your mind and then begin to relax. Concentrate on your energy connecting with darkness. Feel your energies being aligned with hers. 
Pray to Hiki regularly. I normally hold a ritual on the new moon and give thanks and offerings on a daily basis. Cherish the bond you have with her as her grace will be a blessing that will protect you and lead you through the void. Bonding with a familiar. A familiar is an animal or nature spirit that you can bond with that can assist you in your practice. Familiars can lend you their energies and protect against malevolent forces. Some bonds happen naturally, but you can also perform a ritual to attempt to create a familiar bond. Embrace the animal or envision the spirit you wish to be bond with and say the following. A bond is to be made in, then you insert the God, Goddess, or Entity's name. I ask for your assistance. Keep me safe from all that harm and counter all resistance. Together we can do great things no matter what the morrow brings. Meditate on the connection between your spirit and theirs. You will feel the connection when it's made. If the spell didn't work, keep in mind that not every spirit wants to or is ready to be your familiar, and you stand a much greater chance if you've already built a connection with spirit you are trying to enlist. As you grow in experience, you might find that familiars might call to you and your ability to, and your ability to bond with them will grow. And listen, as I'm stumbling over some of these words, I know it's comedy for you guys. I know it is. It's cool, though. <laughs> That's what being bar human is about, right? That's what it's about. Learning and growing. Jar spells. Jar spells are an old form of folk magic that can be done in a variety of ways for a near limitless number of purposes. The maker sets and defines their intent and places charged objects into a jar. The jar is then sealed and then ceremonially discarded. Protection jars would typically be buried or hid away, although some spells called for the destruction of the jar. The specifics of the jar are important. The intent and your focus is what makes everything work. The first step is to define and set your intention. Know exactly what you want and keep focused. You can also write your intention on a piece of paper to be placed in the jar during the ritual. You then fill your jar with objects related to your intent, such as crystals, spice, herbs, liquids, and anything else you wish to use. Place the items in one by one. Charge each item by focusing your intent into them as you place them into the jar. After everything is a jar, you must seal the jar so your energies within the bottle are contained. You can do by dripping candle wax or letting the candle burn down on the jar. If your lid is plastic, you need to find fireproof. You need to place fireproof between the candle and the lid. You can also use string, glue, honey, or anything else that will work to create a seal on the jar. The jar can now be buried, destroyed, or hidden away so they may work their magic. You can also make small jars and carry them with you. I keep a small protection jar with me whenever I leave the house. Here's how to make one. This jar will work to protect the maker or anyone they focus their intentions on while crafting it. Change up the ingredients to fit your own style if you'd like. I'll be using ingredients that are generally known for their protective qualities. You will need a jar, a white candle, dirt or sand, crystal, 
quartz or black tourmaline. White pepper, basil leaf, cinnamon. It can be a powder or a stick. Just make sure it's official cinnamon in a shell. Cleanse your ingredients and place them on your altar or ritual space with your jar. Meditate on your intent for a moment. The need to be safe and protected from harm. If you're wanting protection from a specific thing, concentrate on that thing and its inability to hurt you. Maintain your focus as you pour the dirt or sand into the jar. This is your base. Continue to add each item in one at a time, all while directing your energies and intent with them. Light your white candle and allow the wax to drip on the seal of the jar. You may also place the candle on the top of the jar and let it completely burn down, coating the jar in wax. Jar can now be hidden away or buried. The jar can be placed behind a wall, in the back of a closet, under your bed, or even built into the walls of your own house. And we are going to stop there. The next couple chapters are just about um, blessing the home, clairvoyance, um, communicating with your ancestors. But just to speak back on the, um, the jars, the protection jars. I know a lot of you have heard about the projection, the protection jars you make to send bad mojo back somebody's direction. And it's kind of like what I described to you guys, except this jar, you grab yourself some nails, broken glass, dirt. Some people will even say, urine, shake it up in the jar, put the top on, of course, shake it up in the jar, bury it outside the front of your house. What it basically does is any sort of negative energy, bad magic that comes your way, it sends it right back to the owner times three. Like I told you guys before, it's all about intention. So, you know, you can take the words with a grain of salt or, you know, you can take them as advice. But in anything that you do, protect yourself, whether it's magic, whether it's the real world, which actually magic is the real world, or should I say, this is just for entertainment purposes only, <laughs> so I can stay on the air. Well, when you know, you know, people, when you know, you know. And that was readings from the Book of Shadows by Miss Brittany Nightshade. Shout out to Brittany Nightshade for such an amazing book that is very educational and insightful. Well, my podcast has come to an end. I will be coming back with more information, rituals, spells from the Book of Shadows. But until next time, you guys be safe out here. Be safe walking between this world and the next. You never know what's um what's watching you while you're trying to see it. <laughs> Until next time, guys. Take care.